He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. I think that there's so many companies out there that really want to make an impact on their customers. And they're not just in it for the profit. They're not just in it for the revenue, but they really want to help the people that they're working with. Um, especially in hospitality. Hospitality is the space that loves helping people and being a part of a community. So what drives me to do what I do is to enable those companies to communicate well and to share information and to empower the customers that rely on them and that these companies rely on. And I think that we're pretty good at helping them do that. So that's what drives me. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. In hotels and vacation rentals, the top complaints or issues are noise, garbage, and parking. I may not be able to solve all of your parking and garbage problems, but I could definitely help with your noise problems. And that actually might just help your garbage and parking problems too. So NoiseAware is the only 100% privacy safe noise monitoring solution that property managers and owners can use in order to ensure they avoid parties and other issues happening at their property. You won't get notified when a plate breaks, but if you have a little quiet get together that kind of gets out of hand like this, then NoiseAware will give you the peace of mind to ensure that you and your property and, of course, your profits are protected. So use my code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off of all noise monitoring devices and focus on the other important things that help you run your business. Now, thank you for checking out Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Get back to the episode. and Don't forget to check out NoiseAware while you're listening. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and I'm so excited to have Maiva from Flying Cat Marketing on the show today. Uh, I think we were, you know, briefly talking before the episode started, and it's like, you're the rising star in the industry that I've been just seeing pop out of nowhere. And so seeing you all over LinkedIn, and just seeing the amazing work you're doing, and seeing more of your like team members and everything just happening on, on social media, I was like, you know what? I think we got to talk. We got to chat. And uh, glad we did. So we're here. We've made it to the podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm so good and pumped to be here today on the Slick Talk podcast. Uh, I'm a fan. So I'm honored that you had me on your show today. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. Well, we're going to dive in because uh, I think you got a cool story to tell. And from what I've learned so far about you, that you're a little traveler. So you're kind of all over the place, which is really cool. And I think it's like the, you know, Instagrammable version of entrepreneurship and, and all the other stuff. But let's dive into your story and what, you know, what really got you started in not only SEO, but hospitality. And then, of course, you know, the unique space of hospitality, which is short term rentals, hotels, that type of stuff. Yeah. So where do I start? <laughs> um, let's start with how I got into SEO um, and hospitality. So SEO, basically, I before SEO, I worked as a translator, a freelance translator, okay. following in my parents' footsteps. Um, 
who are also in hospitality, actually. So I guess I'm just following a lot of their footsteps. <laughs> um, so I started doing a lot of translation for uh, marketing translations for companies who also wanted their copy and their websites to appear in other languages. Well, in English, for my case, from French into Spanish. And that led me to starting writing copy directly from scratch. I, I, I entered that through translation. And little by little, I, I realized that a lot of these people who were hiring me as a writer, they wanted the, the content to show up on Google. That's the reason that they were writing. They didn't really know how to go about doing it. They were told that they had to get a writer to write some things. So they hired me. They said, here's some topics. Can you write about it? And, you know, with some investigation, I discovered their goals wasn't just to have something published for that reason. But so I started learning about SEO um, to better provide a service for my clients. I started I built my own website because I didn't really want to experiment and uh, experiment with my clients money. I wanted to experiment on my own time, <laughs> on my own time. So I built my own website. I got a but like a lot of traffic really fast and a lot of uh, subscribers to this day, I still get a bunch of subscribers every week to the email. Um, so that worked out really well. And I experimented a lot that way. And, um, and then I, and then I decided to scale it into an agency when there was a lot of the work, the day-to-day -day stuff that I wasn't able to do myself. If I really wanted to think, strategically and higher level, I couldn't also be doing all of the writing and all of the project management and little by little it scaled that way. And I've been in SEO ever since. And in hospitality, I mean, just in a general sense, which I think a lot of people who entered hospitality, you know, there's my, my family who on top of the translation business, um, my dad started running hostels around uh, this little village that he lives in, in Colombia. Um, it's called Haradin, and it's just a, a few hours away from Medellin. And he actually pretty much started tourism in that city. I mean, there was a lot of tourism from other places in Colombia, but started tourism for um, non-Colombians, basically. So he built this hostel, um, which became huge. He had a great business model for it. People loved it. They loved it. There was It was so popular that people would actually just bring their tents <laughs> to like be able to sleep on the lot there. <laughs> They're just like, I just need to be as close as possible. Like, just give me something. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it was just crazy successful and inspirational. And he did a lot of different versions of that. And um, now they're there. My parents are building a, a house for them to retire in. And then they're also building a side house on the same lot to continue, you know, inviting guests to stay. Um, so that's a family connection to hospitality. Also, I'm, I'm looking forward to helping more in that space and manage the property a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, a few years ago, I, I entered the business side, like the tech, the space that I am most prominent in now, um, when I started working on get paid for your pad, basically when I met Jasper Good here, Jasper Rivers. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's off and about in the world right now. I think he's in Costa Rica or something. But yeah, yeah he was here. In, <laughs> he's also a, a, what do they call him? The traveling Dutchman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've had um, Jasper on the on the show and Eric and all them. And yeah, they're they're all over. I love it. They're 
Oh yeah, they're great. I was working with them. So I got really, um, that's when I really entered short-term rental space and got a lot nerdier about it, I guess. (laughs) I don't know, just a lot more into the industry. Um, And I worked with them for a while. I ran that blog. I went to the STR Legends Mastermind in Cartagena um, in, was it last year, year before? I don't know. It's sometime pre-COVID. It's all a blur. It's all a blur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I met a lot of other cool people from the industry there. And while at the time my SEO agency work was, I was kind of just going for whoever, whatever kind of company. I just identified that there was a, a niche here. A niche and within a community- niche. Yeah, really. I mean, it wasn't, and I, I especially identified the tech companies because there's so many marketing agencies that'll either specialize in SaaS, but in general, yeah. which, you know, you understand SaaS, that doesn't mean that you get vacation rentals or property managers or how they're thinking. So that's a whole other world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of marketing agencies that specialize in vacation rental marketing, but helping you know, property managers and hotels attract more guests. So it's more guest facing. Yeah. And there was nobody there as far as I've seen so far, um, specifically providing services to those people seeking to connect with more property managers and, and hosts and hoteliers. And so that's that's kind of the the story of yeah. all the points. <laughs> the, the snowball effect of how it just all kind of rolls out. But I think it's really cool going back into, you know, the part of like your, your parents and having that hostel uh, kind of be like part of your life and seeing that, you know, grow and the hostel side of, you know, travel and hospitality is really cool because it's like, I think it's really, it becomes more of the, I think the OG version of, you know, like I guess hospitality, like it's literally letting people in and from all over the world from, who knows what backgrounds and just they're all in a certain like shared space and yeah, you just have a community like out of nowhere. Um, and so I think that's really cool. And that's where I think a lot of hosts and even hoteliers kind of get their uh, excitement from is, is that, that building of, you know, letting, you know, strangers come in and leave us friends type deal is a, as a common saying, you know, so seeing that happen in your life and then starting out with like with the SEO and how you could apply what you're seeing from that, into the SEO business. Um, I wanted to ask you a question though. So with the SEO company and growing that, doing all the work at the beginning, and the reason why I'm asking this question is because we've both been through this, but I want to know your mindset and your, what shifted for you from seeing that, okay, like in order to grow this business, I can't keep doing all the copywriting, all the this, all the that. What were the mindset or even the certain bad habits or even good habits that you had to let go or hold on to in order to kind of get over that hurdle, that growing pain in order to start actually getting people in, in the company and start, you know, like you said, growing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there have been a few different moments where there was things that growing pains, like at every level, then I suddenly hit some new ones. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, a lot of the issue was letting go of control, Mm -hmm. which is still something that I'm trying to work on now. (laughs) I have managed to pass on a lot of it though. But at the beginning when I just hired the first person, um, 
yeah, then I'm kind of all up in there staying on the day to day still. Um, so letting go of control and learning to delegate was a huge move for me. Before I took on the first team member who she just celebrated her one year with Flying Cat, awesome. I think today or yesterday, um, I did try to hire another VA to help me. And this is when I had a big learning moment for me was I didn't have any processes in place or any yeah. documentation to give her or any expectations that I did not know how to hire somebody yeah. and I didn't really know what it took. So I hired her hope and I was just like, help me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it didn't really work out. I mean, she was fine. I just didn't know what to tell her to do. I couldn't, I, I had such a hard time comprehending what I could outsource, what I could delegate and what I couldn't delegate. Yeah. You were like giving her high level tasks without knowing that they were high level tasks. And then she was like, what the heck do I do? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it was kind of learning what to delegate, figuring out what kind of work is draining me. What kind of work am I doing my best at and starting to delegate those. And, And we made such a big, we did so much work on systems, SOPs, knowledge base this year, just in the last six months, really. Um, was COVID a, a big driver for that when COVID hit and everything like that? Or did your, or was it kind of already in place, but COVID just happened to happen around this time? Um, it happened around the same time as COVID. It was not a driver for okay. it. The driver was um, probably me just hanging around a lot of business people who are obsessed with processes. And I was like, this sounds like... <laughs> something I should be doing <laughs> sounds like and then I started seeing the beauty in it I'm I like things to be fast and super efficient while maintaining a high level of quality I don't I like expectations being clear I like ownership being divided the right way and I especially don't like it when people are like oh I didn't do it because I didn't know what I'm supposed you know I just want it all to be clear and documented and for things to become easier and faster over time, which is what processes provide a business. Yeah. It provides like a a North star for it. Like, all right, this is how you get to from point A to point B. Right. I think that's pretty, pretty good. Um, You said something that actually intrigued me and uh, I was going to ask a different question, but this question (laughs) is actually really exciting. So you said, you know, like what tasks were draining you? And I've had a couple conversations with like some other entrepreneur friends or other friends just in the space. And we were kind of going through the same thing. Like, all right, how do we, we've passed this growing pain, but now we're at this new point of like, how do we optimize this time? Right. And we're both realizing that we were wasting, not wasting time, but we were using a lot of energy that we didn't on tasks that we didn't like that didn't give us energy. Right. And not that life is going to be, you know, perfect. And we're always going to be able to do the things that give us energy. But what for you, when you were kind of going through this, you know, after realizing when you hired the VA, you're like, all right, I need to really kind of figure this out. What tasks, like, I guess what, uh, what part of the business was not giving you energy and what really does give you energy when you're doing what you do? Uh, well, I quickly realized, even though I started as a writer, <laughs> that me doing the writing for the clients is very draining for mm. me. Um, I like to just, I, I'm better, I'm more of a 
I guess I could say I'm a builder starting things from scratch as well, but I do feel like my power comes from optimizing and making things better and giving final approval Mm -hmm. and those kind of things. So already I was like, oh, I should just be reviewing these pieces um, and writing the outlines and the briefs. Later, I quickly also realized I don't like editing the pieces either. (laughs) (laughs) It's just um, what I really like to do is talk to people and understand what their goals are, their real goals, digging deeper and really truly understanding what makes them different and, and how we can communicate that to people and then supporting the team to figure out how to get that done and achieved. So that sounds very vague. I'm a, I'm aware (laughs) of what that actually means. But what I find that I, the work that I do best is supporting my team and um, building the brand and just making sure that we are achieving client goals, but kind of at a, at a more visionary level. Where do you think that comes from? Like, where do you think your, your drive for that? Like, I know we kind of talked about drive in the beginning of the episode, but more of, do you think it's just over time of having Flying Cat Marketing as uh, as a as a company and agency that's grown, or do you think this is something that's been like instilled into you, you know, early on in life? I, I'm I find it really this is a good question because I find it that a lot of people that especially become self employed and grow a team and you know all this other stuff um, have some specific you know memory or moment in life that kind of always was there. They just never were able to tap into it until like you know adulthood. So I'm kind of curious what maybe that comes from. I mean, you. yeah, I'm sure that Myers-Briggs has an opinion about <laughs> where that comes from. <laughs> sure, it certainly says it in the my personality test with him or with that company. Um, I think that I've always been a person who likes starting things, new different things, Um I went from wanting to be a veterinarian to wanting to be a therapist to um, I even started going like I got my degree in psychology. I started the beginnings of pre-medical school. Wow. And then I was like, eh. <laughs> and then, you know, I just I remember my first the first thing I tried was buying a big bag of candy from Costco and then selling them for a profit. <laughs> <laughs> and like just trying to figure out all these different things that I like. I was doing translation. I think I just like starting things and then I need to start doing something different. Yeah. Um, I like to perfect the way I do something. And now I like to perfect it and document it and then delegate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it has a lot to do with personality. Yeah. Because okay. I, yeah, there are just different personality types of, people who like to work in a certain way. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, I, I, sorry. Oh, oh, go ahead. I, sorry. I think our zooms are lagging a little bit, but uh, no, I was going to say the same thing. Cause like as a child, like I never saw the entrepreneur, I didn't know what the word entrepreneur was until I was 23, 22. And then like, cause in my head, I just assumed that, you know, all these CEOs and big corporations were just there. They just were always there. They were always millionaires or billionaires or whatever. And then, um, I had a, a coach kind of say, uh, you're an entrepreneur. Uh, what are you doing? You know, working for this you know company or whatever. 
and I never saw it. But then, like looking back in my childhood, like I, you know, created these stupid alien superhero drawings, and I would go sell them to my neighbors, and I would do the candy thing at lunch in high school, and all this stuff. But never like saw that as you know creating yeah. a business or being creative or being like you know more self sufficient. But I think you probably, as you're describing that, it's like it shows that that's always been in that part of your life. But I think when we finally I think it's like an awareness part, right? Probably more came aware to you as an adult. You're like, oh, I don't want to go work for like McDonald's or for any type of like job or you just like clock in and you go to work and you go home, that type deal. Like you kind of had that forefront, I guess, like opening. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is. Yeah. I think it was also a big mindset shift when I was freelancing for a while um my goal initially becoming freelancer I was a bartender before that and I was like my only goal is to not have to ask somebody when I want to go on vacation (laughs) (laughs) that was my only goal and I was like okay I'm gonna start freelancing whatever um and then I satisfied that goal very quickly yeah I didn't have to ask anybody if I could go on vacation and it took me a while to have more ambitious goals like financial ambitious goals. A lot of the money conversations that we have um, in modern society are not good. They, you know, they, it's as controversial as sex or religion, you know, talking about wanting more money. And, and that was a really tough thing for me to overcome because for a while I was just like, well, I'm doing cool things with languages. I have my, you know, my free time and that's all that matters. But then I was like, this is not how much money I want to be making for the rest of my life. And I shouldn't feel uncomfortable saying that. I feel like there's bigger things that I could, and it's not just the money of how much money I could make, but I feel, I felt like I could be doing cooler things and as a byproduct, also making more money doing it. Um, But it was just having to like write a letter to money and really change the way that I perceive value. Mm. Um, And and in doing so, it may make a much bigger effort to provide value to people. Yeah, no, definitely. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode, but I wanted to drop in quickly to let you know that our partners at Jetstream have some of the best technology that sits at the heart of the guest experience with a focus on generating revenue for you and your property assets. With their platforms, your property gets the best in-class tech and connections to remote access, guest screening, booking protection, and payment processing. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes so you can jump on board today and take advantage of their professional hospitality team. Now, Back to the episode. I feel like I'm in your shoes because for that conversation to happen, especially with yourself, like I don't know about you, but did you, when you got to a certain financial goal and we don't need to put any numbers to anything, but like at the end of the day, like when you got to a certain point and like had that realization, did you start to feel like guilty at all? Like that you're like, Oh, I'm making a lot of money or I'm making more money than I thought. Like I, I had, I feel like when I started actually getting, going through the same process, I, started to actually feel guilty with myself being like, Oh, I, I, I might be charging too much or blah, 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 blah. But then at the end of the day, when you realize the value you're bringing to your clients or to whoever you're, you're like, you have to like kind of come to terms with it. I don't know. I had that weird process yeah. in the beginning where it was like, Oh, I, I feel guilty for this. And I, and you shouldn't. There's definitely a lot of guilt around it, especially thinking like, Oh, well I'm enjoying doing this. So I yeah. shouldn't be charging so much. Yeah. But then 
I, I failed to keep remembering that when I was charging less, I really couldn't bring it, what I need to the table to yeah. really do the best that can be done. And that's not how I like to work. Yeah. I think it was a lot of guilt and then subconsciously a lot of just excess spending for a while as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just like, well, I have it. It's gone. And also the, in that way, not showing my money, the respect, yeah. you know, the fact that I cared about it. So that was another way of indirectly not managing it well. Um, and that was something to also get over in order to even bring more income and more value into everybody. Yeah, no, I like that. That's smart. I like, see, <laughs> just like same wavelength. I love it. Well, uh, well so I want to kind of go into it. So you kind of talked about tech and we have a lot of simil uh, similar people in the industry that we work with, whether it's through the podcast or just through other projects out in, you know, management, managing of buildings and everything. So what are the things, I guess, maybe like a, what's your, your biggest point of view or perspective when it comes to technology and how this is all rolling? Like, let's take the, the last year in review, right? So what have you seen kind of shift? What's your point of view looking like for how the industry is and how it's going to kind of roll out as recovery and countries and borders start to open a little bit? Do you have anything that you've, uh, you've been kind of seeing that way? I, I know you might have some insight. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big question about how you mean in the hospitality industry or hospitality tech? Uh, let's do let's do both. Let's, let's do part one, <laughs> part two. Well, one thing I noticed is that, you know, in the last year, um, I've talked to a lot of customers of my customer of my clients Um and of course, all over the internet, they've spent the uh, most of 2020 on webinars with various companies trying to learn a lot. Yeah. And um, a lot of them, even whether they come from this very startup style tech first company, or they're like, I was working for a bank yesterday and now I'm running the most seamless operation with 300 units today. Yeah. Just because I listened to <laughs> there are some people like that. Um, but they were all and then there was also the the more traditional hoteliers who hoteliers who always had very manual, very old ways of doing things. But even them were interested in changing things up mm -hmm. um, when COVID came back because a lot of them lost a lot of you know, they lost a lot of their team and they're yeah. trying to not have to go back to that same number of team members because it's it's not nice to have to lose them like that, put it at risk. This is obviously not really any news to you so far, but what I have seen a lot is that um, a lot of these companies are looking for the most innovative com tech companies to work with. Mm -hmm. They're... Um, and so I'm, I'm, it's going to sound like a... <laughs> shameless plug, you know, but, um, we like but I think that con <laughs> I think that content is a big, is a big play here and just showing up online a lot is what people are looking for because the property managers have been, uh, they're, they've been quite concerned about everything that's going on and they're a lot tighter with their money now. And the mm -hmm. sales cycles are becoming more complex and the tech is all fragmented and, you know, it's, it's just such a, crazy landscape to navigate um, that I think that 
providing that kind of content to help and to you know stay on top of the industry and help your users and readers and customers stay on top of the industry i think that that's making a big difference for that tech that's out there so you are you seeing the tech companies kind of leading that for them so like all the property managers are kind of like eh, there's a lot changing a lot happening but the tech is more like hey this is the direction that we need to go here's some breadcrumbs yeah you'll keep following along yeah. or is that like the like the Hansel and not not Hansel and Gretel because that's not a very good ending to the story. But at the end of the day, like <laughs> um, you know, what I'm saying like I guess they're more of like showing the way for these companies in order to get through this. At the end of the day, yeah, I think it's also the these companies' um, role and kind of position to they they're working with a lot of other property managers and property managers want to know how other property managers are doing things yeah. how did they overcome this how are they using this tool what does their workflow look like they're very interested in that and since the these companies have access to a bunch of them you know they can tell their stories they can explain how is everybody else doing things in the industry um and i think that they also have a lot of data about what's going on and just having all of that information, it's smart to help your customers and yeah. share that information instead of just talking about your own product. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing I, so I started out in the hotel world. I think you know that, but the hotel side of things, like when you go to work for a new hotel or a new brand, it's like, yeah, you get the same idea, like whether check in, check out, you know, all that stuff. But there's a lot of differences that are kind of like hidden. And I've noticed with the vacation rental side now crossing over, it's a very collaborative side of things where, like, where you're basically showing your black book of secrets and just be like, yeah, this is what I do. Like whether you're in the same market or not, like I've had multiple people from, you know, other sides of the country just being like, yeah, this is how we're running things. This is our process. This is our system we use. This is how we use Operto or this is how we use uh, hostfully or whatever differently than what you're doing and blah, 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 blah. And it's really interesting because hoteliers don't do that. They like, they keep everything very tight and, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll share, you know, maybe some, some pointers over a cocktail or whatever, but nothing like where the collaboration and the amount of content coming from the vacation rental space is insane compared to the hotel side, at least from my point of view. I don't know if you're seeing that cause you work with both both hotel and vacation rental. Yeah. Um, I work mainly with vacation rental tech, although there is a little bit of overlap. Yeah. A little bit, but um, I mean, I wonder why, I wonder if that's because hotels are such an older industry and they're much more like, Oh, they're going to steal my guests. Uh, it's competition. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas short term rentals is, has always been just based on community. I think that one difference as well between short term rentals is that hotel hoteliers come from you know they're trained and they're yeah. they have like professional associations and yeah. it's all regulated and there's just a way that you're supposed to do things and short-term rental it's just like well i'm just gonna do this tomorrow <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know you don't like so many people don't come from that background yeah no, that's very true the the competition aspect is yeah it's very very embedded in that segment of lodging and accommodation, I think, just because even like, yeah, you might be friends with the hotel next door, but you see them drop their rates and then you undercut them and then they become, yeah. they start doing a bunch of, you know, stuff on the back end and um, everyone's just fighting for that one guest where I think 
us in the vacation rental space, especially now, like what we've all been realizing is that there's the demand is there. Airbnb, like you're getting bookings no matter what. You can have a crappy listing and you're still probably getting booked. So it's now the inventory side of things that was really needed. And so I think a lot of us are realizing that we don't need to worry about guest marketing in the sense of like, obviously, yeah, you need to still provide hospitality services, a great place to stay and experience that type of stuff. But now we're kind of getting to the point of like, all right, it's there. People will want this vertical. Like, we don't need to prove our point anymore. We need yeah. to just grow as a, a scalable business that um, can provide more. Like you kind of talked about with your story, like you need to grow your business so that way you can provide more value and all this other stuff. And I think it's uh, that, yeah, that's a big difference for us because, and let's be honest, our profit margins and our operational margins are actually way lower on the vacation rental side yeah. than the hotel side. Hotels are very labor intensive. So, you know, when you're running off of a 15% margin versus a, you know, 60% margin or whatever on the vacation rental, it's a lot different too. So. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are coming into vacation rentals with a completely different mindset. Yeah, It's startup world. It's really, 100%. you know, you could, you could look at two operators who have some, uh, from the outside, it looks like they're doing exactly the same thing. And then if you were to look at the inside, it's totally different, not yeah. just the tech stack, but just how they do everything. And yeah. one is totally different from the other. It's, it's really a lot resembles the, the tech startup space, yeah. the workflows and, I think that's also why content works so well um, because there's not any set way of doing anything. <laughs> well, I think it's cool because like every brand, whether it's a tech company or a management company, their, their story is way different. There's no, yeah. there's no cookie cutter Marriott courtyard, Hilton garden Inn, or a crown plaza like type story. Everyone knows those brands. Everyone knows those stories. Vacation rentals is very unique, like especially locally on a, like you can have a global brand, but be very local intensive um, when it comes to content and, and marketing. So yeah, I think that's a big part too. And uh, actually we were talking to, uh, who was it? Avantio. I was, a t- I was talking to uh, Nicole from Avantio the other day and that's what they're kind of talking about. Like, you know, running a global, a global tech stack with a very intensive local focus um, and yeah. the differences with that. And I think that's the one thing like, yeah, hotels are doing that when they're big brands, you know, like Marriott or whatever, but they're not local, local. Like they're, you know, oh, you know, we have the brewery that's three hours away that services our bar, but nothing you can go around the corner to and, and you know, have that local connection and, and plug in, you know, right? So I think that's uh, another big, another big part. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think short these short-term rental property owners they're always working with local businesses aren't they forming these partnerships um to provide better value to their guests um, to have that and also to help their business of course and mutually helping each other's businesses and yeah that's what's special as well about avantia is that they have such a local not just a team support team but also just the whole interface and the whole software has different aspects, not just at a language level, but yeah. even I think at a local regulations level. Um, so it's quite fascinating actually that because it's so different running a vacation rental in every country comes with its different challenges entirely. Um, and I don't know how much those problems overlap into the hotel industry, but I think just the fact that most of these players are small, very sometimes just 
of one family, you know, or one person. So it's just a lot to to deal with alone. hundred percent. And the amount, like when you take a hotel, you have, you know, 130 or 400 rooms in one building, which is really hard to maintain, not make, I wouldn't say hard to maintain. It's really easy for the government or local authority, you know, you know, permits and all the other stuff that you have to do in order to, to get this building up really easy to be like okay there's that but like with fragmentation in the vacation rental space like we're so spread out like you said there's so many one individual uh owners or managers that it's really hard to like all right maiva you have 10 properties across like 10 different states like how are we gonna you know do all these certain things versus a hotel where it's like okay you have 200 units right you know right down the corner it's a little bit different and it's like there's a lot more to keep track of on the vacation rental space just because of the geographic locations of everything yeah Um, so yeah that's interesting um i want to get back to you though so with everything that you're doing with flying cat so one, I love the name. It's very unique. It's very different. So I was like, right when I first saw it, I was like, oh, she must love cats. And then there, I, as we're talking right now on the Zoom, I see your cat just <laughs> chilling on the couch. So it's uh, super great. Um, with with what you guys are doing, what's I guess what's in store? What's the what's the not end goal, but I guess what's the next chapter look like? What's something that um, you're really pushing for, either on a personal level or as a company level, uh, in order to really just take it to the next level. I got big goals. Will I, I thought I want to keep scaling the services that we provide. Um, So right now, most of the SEO services that we do is on page and content creation, but I also want to expand that into more technical. We do also some off page and link building, but I want to just improve our skills there and just really be able to handle all of everything to do with SEO I really believe in, in SEO. Um, but next I have a couple of midterm and long-term plans. Midterm, I'm actually already sort of working on the content kind of, but I want to build a course, um, because there are unfortunately a lot of companies that I would like to be able to work with, but they can't really afford the services um, so I'm thinking a course to help them just replicate what we would do anyway. They could just do it on their own. I think that that would be really helpful because I don't like saying no to them. Um, so that is my midterm goal. Maybe even this year would okay. be cool to do that. My long-term goals is I would like to turn Flying Cat Marketing into Flying Cat Media and turn it into a media company. I would like to hire just like a full-time comedian and just give him <laughs> just like give him a, a recording studio and just, he's just going to make comedy about marketing and hospitality. That would be, um, I would tune into that daily, <laughs> daily. I think that that would be great. And yeah, just produce more, just produce more good content. So I'm thinking, I don't know, make a, a sitcom <laughs> or I'm just thinking like all this yeah. theatrical things, but just bring a little bit of something more creative and original to the, this space that we're in. Um, like not just on the hospitality side, but also in the B2B space mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. LinkedIn's a big a driver confused. for you guys, huh? I could like, you guys are everywhere oh, yeah. on LinkedIn. 
oh, it's has built the pretty much the whole business. Yeah, no, I was gonna say LinkedIn's powerful if you do it right, and you guys have done it right, which is <laughs> kind of like that's where in the beginning when I said like I've seen you everywhere, it's just like oh, I saw you on LinkedIn for like a couple things. I think maybe it was a uh, might have been Jasper who posted or somebody about like a mutual connection of ours, and then uh, all of a sudden, boom, just everywhere and it's just like whoa this is cool like because it, it's really engaging content like it is good like and so just seeing that uh that boom is really impressive thanks yeah linkedin was a huge thing i just started committing to posting daily on there mm, over i don't know like two years a year and a half ago yeah and i just been publishing every single day and it really that's the only channel that I focused on. I do SEO for my clients. I just barely started doing it for us. Like I did it in my past personal project, but yeah. not really for flying cat. Um, Cause I just said, okay, I'm just going to do LinkedIn and really focusing just on that one channel and the personal brand aspect of it yeah. has made a huge difference. That's incredible. Cause I, I, I think that's, that was my other question I had earlier when I was kind of thinking about this episode is like, you know, like when you go to a, a hairstylist or a barber and you're always like, who's your barber? Who's your hairstylist? You know, like, like for you, it's like, who does your SEO? Do you guys have time to even do your own SEO and marketing? Uh, or are you so focused on the client side? So it was kind of curious on that. Yeah, we're starting a bit. It's a little, so everybody on the team is in client fulfillment. We don't have a marketing team for ourselves. Um, I have, I had an intern just join not too long ago. So we're trying to figure out how she can help me. Yeah. Um, and we found some ways, uh, we're doing a lot of like gathering interviews from other experts. Cause I don't want to, um, I want to continue writing expert level content. So I'm like, yeah. okay, how can I figure out how the intern can help me do that? For sure. So we're like <laughs> getting a lot of expert quotes and just putting those together. And, and that helps us create more content. But right now we don't really have the resources yeah. yet internally, human resources mainly to, do our own SEO because it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you guys are all full time doing it for everybody else. So yeah, it's a lot of work. It's like you got to hire another yeah. agency to do yours. Just kidding. But um, no, yeah. if I had the money to do that, I would just hire us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. Well, awesome. I love to give everyone on the show an opportunity to kind of do like obviously a shameless plug in the sense where can people find you? Like, what's the number one spot if you were to have? Any listener who's just like reading through the show notes, scrolls down to the bottom, sees your link contact page, what page do you want that to be? Would that be your website, LinkedIn, whatever? They should connect with me on LinkedIn. Perfect. For sure. Connect with me on LinkedIn and then you will see the rest from there. Awesome. It's like, it's the, <laughs> it's the start of it all. Once you get the LinkedIn, you have everything right at the touch of your fingertips. I love it. Yeah. Well, you've been so fun to have on the show. I think we could definitely like, I know I could geek out with you probably a lot longer than the 41 minutes that we've been on the recording. Uh, but this has just been super fun. So I just want to say, I appreciate you being on the show and keep up a great work. Like honestly, like just seeing what you're doing in the space and seeing the mutual connections that we have and just seeing it kind of really come into a, a big blossom is really fun to watch. So. Thank you. I'm so glad um, to have been on the show with you here today. Yes. It's been a lot of fun. It's been great. So all the slick talkers out there, you know what to do, go to the show notes, Scroll down, find Maiva's information. Uh, you can check out everything there. You can reach out to her on LinkedIn. And of course, subscribe, like, share this episode because it's awesome. We'll see you guys next week. 
Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Smart locks, smart thermostats, automation, and a solution for any hotel and vacation rental company. Our show partners at Operto are the leading solution for operators to enhance their operations by integrating with your property management software and making sure that all your smart devices create a contactless guest experience while streamlining your operations. So don't forget to check them out on their website, send me a message, or just let them know that we'll send you and you are in good hands. So get ready to enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, and check out operto.com or go to the podcast website and see our partners page. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.